Minding your own business, helping businesses overcome problems and improve performance with Graham Knight and Richard Forkan. Right, I can't believe it, Graham. We're on number 10. Number 10. Can you believe we've gone through 10 of these? 10 of these. And they've all been absolutely gripping. Yeah. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Well, they've gripped us. What are you laughing at? Yeah, no, the, well, the feedback's been good so far. Um, so the last one on our list is infrastructure, which sounds a little bit dry. I think what we mean by that is work smarter, not harder. So un- underneath that title, we're talking about, you know, things like automation and, and streamlining processes. But that applies across the business to lots of different areas, doesn't it? Where you, if, you're, yeah. if you're paying attention, there's places you can get much more efficiency out of your business. Yeah, and, and, and the option of automating. So um, people will obviously be familiar with accounts packages like Sage and QuickBooks and Xero uh, and now, which seems to be probably become the market leader so they're cloud-based that's good because we've got used to people working from anywhere now so they don't have to be in the office on a on a sage server they can be at home connecting into zero and that, that, but, e- that ecosystem around things like zero as well with the plugins you can get it's huge isn't it yeah, like if huge, you take yeah. the time to have a look at it there's just hundreds of things you can bolt into that to do different things yeah well whatever you want need to add to that i mean the stock management for example um there'll be applications that do that they just plug straight into zero without you having to write your own and that's good because if somebody writes their own then then you've got a single point of failure someone spends a lot of time only they can support it they might leave the business so going with something that's that's more sort of um, professionally produced and available on the open market is probably less risk than, than trying to develop your own. Software across a business, I, I see a lot of mistakes made with, with companies trying to butcher software they've already got to make it do something they want it to do. And they end up with this unwieldy beast that's unsupportable that keeps breaking. And actually out there now, there's just so much software that will do most things you need it to do and it, and not not huge expense as well. So I would say to most business owners, if you're trying to get to something or get to a, a function with some software, have a look out there because you'd really be surprised at, at what you can buy in for not a lot of money that will give you what you need. Yeah. I think in one of our previous podcasts, we were talking about use of data to build information dashboards. You can really suck out information from your business if you if you go and buy the right tools that will tell you all sorts of things that are going on in it and and chop off the corners of really unwieldy processes that are taking up too much time and too much labor and maybe even slowing down things like production or decision making it's really been a revelation over the last 10 years what's what's been become available for small businesses yeah i mean i suppose businesses have put different software in place at different times i mean they may have started with accounts because they have to have that over time, they would have gone on to some sort of card system, probably for leads, and then realised that that's not very efficient, so they would have moved to a CRM. And then they'd look at something for production, and then maybe something for resource management. So all these different, these disparate sort of systems, but as we mentioned last time with Power BI and Click and things like that, who can export a lot of data from each of those systems and put them together into a, a dashboard that makes it very clear across the business you know what looks good coming up with what's called a rag system which is you know red amber green in terms of traffic lights are an easy way of indicating what currently is fine and what's maybe about to go red and then also what's red so you can start to focus on those reds get them down to amber and green and and stop the ambers going red it's just a mindset that you need of measurement so that um 
this information is summarized at the top of the company because it's, it's, it's become too big to sort of drill down individually into each of these areas. Some of the, the stuff we're talking about is quite simple as well. So, you know, follow, following processes through a business, you know, simple things like use of checklists and file naming conventions and things. You'd be surprised at the, the, the amount of time and effort that goes into processes that if you take a step back and have a look at, and, and review now and again, you can really start to compact down and start to make much more efficient use of time and effort. You see a lot of businesses like I do where you, you, you see things that have been happening the same way for many years and it's only when you force a business owner or a manager of a particular area to stand back and say, look, think, think of it from a clean slate point of view. If you had to make this happen again from scratch tomorrow, how would you yeah. do it? And you do tend to get an answer like, well, I'd never be doing it like that. And I'd use this and I'd go and get that tool. And, well, okay, why don't, why don't we think about how to get there then? Let's, let's do that. And even if we can't do it tomorrow, let's work towards getting to that. But it's, um, it's, it's one of your favourite lines, isn't it? Working on the business, not in the business for a period of time. Step back and have a look and just think about what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned ISO 9001 in a previous podcast, but, but the processes involved to deliver that often involves checklists. And what happens over time is that as more and more people are recruited into the business, so you end up with more than one way of working. And that can be good if, if, um, if, if people follow the best. So you have these processes, which means that you take all the best practice that people agree that this is the best way of doing this. And then you produce a checklist so that everybody benefits from the combined knowledge in the team. So rather than starting from scratch at the next implementation, you've got a checklist which shows you all the different things that you have to do before you start. And and all these things are simple in themselves, but then you get the repeatability, consistency. And if something is found be missing from that checklist you just update the checklist and then from that point in time everybody follows this additional thing that needs to be done but, but that could be using libraries as well where um, quotes and proposals all go into a library and they've all got a naming convention which means you can find it so if you're responding to a tender in the utility sector then you can look for other utilities tenders that you've replied to so that some of that can be maybe cut and pasted into the new one, which saves time. It's all about trying to, to get repeatability and, and um, efficiencies out of all the data that you have. And if it's all distributed throughout the server in different directories with different filing names, you're never going to find it. It's easier to start from scratch. And that, that means there's a lost opportunity, essentially, because you could have got something out quicker than you would have done. It's just too difficult to spend the time trying to find it. And then at the end of it, if you can't find it, you've got to, you're even further behind the curve in terms of deadlines and time scales to produce it. It's, um, I mean, you, you, you mentioned IT systems there. I mean, that's, a, that's another very fast-moving market where whatever IT infrastructure you're using is probably redundant almost as quickly as you've implemented it, sadly. Yeah. But that's worth looking at on a refresh cycle of a few years and, and looking at what you're doing and how you're doing it. I mean, COVID again, we've talked about a lot during these podcasts, but that, that really forced everybody to look at their working practices and what sort of tools they were using. And you can see the th- take up of things like Teams and Zoom went through the roof because people suddenly realised they were, had to work from home and they made it work. So it almost forced what was probably coming in a three or four years time it forced that to happen in three or four months, months because yeah. people had to do it but that sort of proves the point that if you do step back and just have a look at what you're doing you can achieve lots of things very quickly if you put your mind to it 
but it's just a question of making yourself do it, isn't it? And work out what what would be better for my business in a in a theoretical world, and then say, right, actually, is that there? Is it something I can do? Look at your competitors. What are they doing? Look at similar businesses in different marketplaces. How do they go about similar things? Is there a way I can get to that answer quicker than I do currently? But it, it, it takes a certain amount of, um, of mental discipline to say, right, I'm going to take today out, for instance, to look at what goes on in my business in terms of processes and work out if I'm as up to date as I can be and as efficient as I can be. I think, I think it, it does come down to culture, though. It's, it's how you get people to recognise that they can leverage off something that's already there. Because if people work as used to be the case where they have their own laptop, everything was saved to the C drive, they do everything their way. And so they wouldn't see what else had been done by other people that may be better than what they were doing means they could get something out quicker than they could do before. So you you need to get that mindset of who's done this before? How do we do this again? Um, How do we make this quicker next time? Um, And also about working in a team too, because with ISO 9000 to get to a series of processes, and everybody has had the chance to comment on those processes and checklists to make them the best that the business can make them at the time. And so there's this more collective, collaborative approach to getting work done rather than people working individually where they, they don't like to share their knowledge. They think it gives them security. They would rather do it on their own. They don't want to be influenced by the people. And when businesses are very small, you can probably get away with that to an extent. But as if the business is to scale, then you never end up with a, with a business that's able to scale with 10 different ways of doing something, depending on whether you give it to this person or this person or this person. You have to have some common approaches, which means that you can start to automate and um, to build on what's been done before to save time. You mentioned um, ISO in a previous podcast, 9001, just the, the, the process kite mark, if you like. And that's... Um, that's an interesting um, exercise to go through because it makes you look at all of your processes and document them. And it does flush out where you've got two or three ways of doing the same thing and make you think about which one is the right way to do it. And it's it's not a huge amount of effort that, or not the huge amount of effort maybe people think it is. So attaining something like that is is a, a really useful exercise to go through just, just to make sure you've almost reviewed your own business if you like if, if for nothing else and then to get that kite mark at the end is probably worth having anyway so it's always well, worth having so that that's a, a useful way of attacking that problem i think to get to an answer yeah certainly to get that consistency i mean with, with the business i worked in um we recruited people from different um, companies but they all had a different way of working so when we got to about 10 we realized that we couldn't move work around. Everybody had a different approach. Some people were very good with client contacts and we were very bad at client contact. So what was in place at the time was 5750, which was a British standard. And by adopting that, everybody had to work the same way. And we scaled the business from those 10 to 50, which we could never have done if we carried on the way we were doing it. Because from then, when people joined the business, within four weeks, they were working the same way as everybody else. Yeah. And it, whoever they asked, they got the same answer because yeah. everything was the same. Everything was just uniformity. You know, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so if, if you really want to scale, you really need to look at getting consistency. And, and that helps with the delivery too because it means the customers can expect the same level depending on, you know, irrespective of who they're dealing with, they can expect the same things from that person. Yeah. 
they get yeah they get a, a plan a communication plan they get these monthly reports they set out in this format yeah so that that gets a lot more confidence in the client base they're going to get that um every every time they're going to get the same sort of um, experience so just to summarize what we're talking about there graham we've, we've started off with the premise of you want to be working smarter not harder and the way to get to do that is look at where you might be able to automate parts of your business where you might be able to adopt software that will get you from a to b quicker than you've been getting there look at how you use tools consistency of things like naming conventions processes um are you leveraging it as much as you can i mean we were talking earlier about clients you've got and i've got still sitting on windows 7 machines which probably sounds like you know if they if they do the job why would i want to upgrade them but you're depriving yourselves of so much more functionality that that comes with upgrades that type of thing um you know are you using SaaS or cloud provisioned it and solutions that would perhaps allow your staff to work more flexibly and and work around the clock um and remotely so there's there's lots of angles on that but i, I suppose the principle is get getting a business owner and, and business managers to do it, you know, to, to take a step back from the coalface and think, I'm, I'm going to review what I'm doing here because I've been doing it for years. And there's probably a better way of doing some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it's, it's all about going through a review mechanism to see whether you can do more for less. I mean, if, if, if you automate the business, maybe you could do with with 10 people what was taking you 11 or 12 and if people are leaving then you don't need to replace them for example because now the business is is more automated and you see this in industry quite a lot is you you repurpose teams so it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing when you say okay i've got you know 10 people doing something that i only need seven to do now it doesn't necessarily mean you need to make three redundant it might mean that you've now got three that you can apply to an area of the business that needs more people so having people move around in a business isn't a bad thing either you know most people don't want to do the same job that that they've been doing for two or three years for another two or three years they want to be able to grow their careers so um, if you do it right, again, it can be seen as a positive in a business that you're you're moving things on and changing people's careers for them, adding new skill sets in. Well, and often taking a lot of the manual grunt out of, out of yeah. doing the work, which can be more motivating for people. That they spend more of their time doing the more interesting things. So that brings us to the end, I think, of our 10th podcast. Have you enjoyed the experience, Graham? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Hes- a... Um, hesitates. Uh, yeah, hesitates, which tells me everything I need to know. So I, I think we've... I think um, it's been an interesting journey. I think um, when, when we started off, we were trying to share what we thought were sort of snippets of information from each of the different aspects of running a business. So yeah. we, we put that into 10 modules. Um, the idea is that it's conversational because you and I do the same thing rather yeah. than instructional. So it was just to give people something they could listen to when they were in the car or on their bike or uh, or even on their bike at home, um, just to, to pick up on some points which we know these things make a difference to running a business, which is why we've bothered to, to put all this down onto 10 podcasts. Well, we've, we've touched on some, well, well, 10 sort of headline areas of a business, and I, I think almost in every one of those areas there's examples that we could go into more detail around and case studies without naming names of the good, the bad and the ugly. So um, perhaps what we'll do is we'll see how these go down and maybe record some more if the demand is there. We'll see what the public view is. Okay. (laughs) 
To get all the episodes of Minding Your Own Business automatically on your favorite podcast app, just click follow or subscribe.